How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoli. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it, finally. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Everybody, it is the 100th episode of Thanks Bud. Um, we wanted to come in like celebrating, but also the Kings haven't been winning that much, and we both feel kind <laughs> of not well. So, what you get is more of a whimper, <laughs> but it's fine. That's exactly what the Kings have kind of forced us to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, we're just kind of reflecting their play in our own personal. Right, yeah. Yeah, so after clinching, they haven't really done much. No, it's been, <laughs> and it's like, I don't super care about them winning. There are a couple of things that I want out of their regular season, but at the same time, two wins and there's in the seven games they've played since clinching is not good. It's not a good look. It's super terrible. <laughs> um, but it's the Kings, so there are still a few positives, um, which is that they, right now, their record is 46-27-5. They are still somehow, despite losing a lot, um, first in the Pacific. They have one point over Anaheim, though I think Anaheim has a game in hand. Um, third in the uh, conference, fifth in the league. So it's not all bad. It's just a little disappointing. Yeah, so I guess thank you to everyone else that's, like, on the leaderboard for being also terrible. Right, yeah. <laughs> I feel like as as people are clinching and stuff like that, they're like, eh, fuck it. Like, I saw that the Capitals lost to the Coyotes, like, 3-0. to zero. I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah, what? <laughs> what, what is that Why about? was that happening? <laughs> um, the other positive thing is that the Kings, those 46 wins, ties them for the most wins in a single King season, which I think they at first accomplished in 91, possibly? Something like the early 90s. And then it, they tied it, remember, um, during the 2014 season and we were all like please win your last game (laughs) and get the 47th win and then they did not but the good news is they still have four games left they could set a record i would hope so and once again this is one of those things where 46 like it's not a whole lot it's not like a crazy like amount of numbers like oh man i hope they get it's like all right just one more game (laughs) yeah it's not that big of a deal right yeah and also like especially you know the president's trophy has already been clinched by washington so clearly they could aspire aspire to even greater but still (laughs) setting a franchise record not bad exactly um and i think if they they have four games left so if they win all four they would tie for most points in a single season but it's the kings so i wouldn't get my hopes up for that i was gonna say i highly doubt that that's the case that they like fell asleep for the last seven games and suddenly they're like oh the playoffs are coming up maybe we should wake up a little (laughs) and like just start winning four more games so i i think i think the kings will probably win one game so that they can set the record, but winning four, I don't know about that one. Right, yeah. I think one is a little more manageable. (laughs) Yeah. So let's all hope for the one and they set the wins record. That would be pretty cool. Um, I am frustrated with them, though, not necessarily for losing, but with the way they've lost. Like, this is a team who's known for being super defensive and not allowing a lot of goals. And yet, in their last few games, with the exception of 
Calgary, where, of course, Jonathan Quick got the shutout, and that was great. Um, they've allowed so many goals. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's frustrating. It's like four goals, five goals. Like, this is not – we're used to the, like, 2-1 games, like your 3-2 games, and I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, but all of a sudden, the Kings are like, well, we'll let these ones through. Trying to help, like, other dudes hit their milestones, I guess. <sighs> um, but, yeah, so it's it's been – pretty sloppy by the Kings in that front. Yeah, and I only want two things. Well, actually, I wanted three things, and one of them has already been accomplished. So one of them, though, the thing that with the goals allowed that is frustrating to me is that before, like when they had clinched, Jonathan Quick was above a 920 save percentage. And we've talked about earlier in the season how this has been his second best career year. I would love for him to finish with a 920 or better. And now it's like, okay, let's allow four goals, five goals, (laughs) Um, and just keep ticking that thing down. So luckily the shutout allowed him to bump it back up he's now at 919 and i'm like please don't play with my heart just let him finish with a 920 or better why are they doing this like at the end of the season like they are at the precipice of hitting all of our arbitrary goals for them (laughs) and just like all of a sudden near the end they decide to just fall apart and almost destroy those like i cannot believe that tyler foley has not scored a single goal yeah and i mean i appreciated him allowing jeff carter to get that empty netter and help jeff carter reach 20 for the season that's really dope but also if you could score one more goal tyler devoli please once again there's just there's four more games so it totally could happen um much more reasonable and plausible than trevor lewis scoring two more goals to reach some digits so Although, okay, I'm not going to lie, Trevor Lewis has had some pretty good games. He has. I wish I could make a super cut of the audio being like, good play by Trevor Lewis, you know, of course, after it says, you know, but it goes nowhere. Um, But he's been doing very well, and he's had some very good attempts, um, but just no goals, which is kind of a bummer. Right, yeah. So I, it's it's um, not outside the realm of possibility that he could score a couple more times, but I th- obviously I think it requires the Kings having games during these last this last week or so where they get a little bit lucky and things just go in, which kind of happened with the game against Edmonton where they inexplicably scored six goals um, and, of course, allowed four because they want to ruin my life. But, <laughs> but still. They want to make sure that it's, like, at a close call and you, you can never be sure during the entire game. Right, like, yeah. are they going to win? I don't know. The most stressful for no reason. Um, so... I think, but I think it could happen. Um, they had a bad game against Dallas. They were outplayed for much of it and kind of sloppy. But I don't think that that's not them all the time. I think even in the games where they've allowed a lot of stuff, it has been weird mistakes um, that end up in the back of their net or power play goals against or something like that. So I think they'll play fairly well and hopefully they get the luck to score some more goals and help those guys. Um, hit the numbers that we want to see them hit. Fingers crossed. I mean, they've only got four more games, and it's not like the Kings have been netting a bunch of goals. Um, so this this worries me. Yeah, but maybe, bit. though. We'll see. I mean, one of those games is against the Ducks, which will be a pretty tough game. Um, yeah. But I think they've got a strong shot in the other three, which is against, like, Calgary and Winnipeg and someone I'm forgetting who apparently doesn't matter to me at all. Um, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so it's looking pretty good. The one thing that I wanted that has happened is Andre Kopitar hit 70 points on the season for nice. the sixth time in his career, which is real dope. It's super fantastic. Not a lot of other players can say the same. He's amazing. 
Um, something to think about with Kopitar is everybody was on him at the start of the year because he was going pretty slow. And it's, you know, not totally unwarranted, but um, before Christmas, he had nine goals and 11 assists in 33 games played. Since Christmas, he has had 16 goals and 34 assists in 44 games played. So, like, definitely the really, second Really, really ramped it up there. Yeah. yeah. The second half was amazing for him, uh, and now he's, he's got so many points again. So it's like, great job, Kopitar. You're amazing still. Yeah, good to see that he, like, came into his own, you know? Yeah. Um, after having like a down and it was funny because the Kings were still doing well so the fact that he wasn't really scoring any goals or anything like that was odd but not like overall not something to really worry about because the Kings were doing so well like as a team yeah but uh it's good to see how how much better the Kings are when uh Kopitar is really on top of his game it's crazy because yeah like you said I mean they spent so much of the season with like uh, nine or ten or twelve point lead on the rest of yeah. the division, and if Kopitar was only providing like a you know small amount of offense, and compared to what we're used to from him, like I mean, it's I don't know this this team is sort of fascinating, and that I think there are some key areas where, that seem like their weaknesses, but yet they manage to still pull out some amazing things, which is a credit to both the players on this team executing their roles really well and the star players doing what they need to do. Um, and then, But also, I think the coaching system clearly works for this team for the most part, and it's kind of fascinating to see how all those pieces really come together. Yeah, it's, it's definitely good to see. Anyway, Andre Kopitar, another cool thing is in... 30 Thoughts. I don't think we talked about this last podcast, but I don't think so. 30 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman talked to Vinny LeCavalier um, about a couple of things. But the thing that, of course, was most important to me <laughs> was he was asked um, if there are anyone on the Kings or if there is anyone on the Kings who is a much better player than he realized. And of course, as has become customary for most guys who come to the West to play with the Kings from the East, he said that um, it's Andre Kopitar for sure. The quote is, you know how good he is, but seeing him in person, he's even better than you think. But then he also gave some love to Jake Mazzanel and Martinez, which I liked as well, which is really cool. Um, but it's I just think it's awesome how consistently people are like, Kopitar is good, but he's actually amazing. <laughs> it's it's my favorite thing. Like when Mike Richards came over and just like immediately had hearts in his eyes and had yeah. deep breaths before talking about Andre Kopitar, Gabrick singing his praise, like, praises, Luchich being like he's rad. Um, everyone wants to come over and be like, damn, this Kopitar dude is dope. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I mean, it was dope during the Olympics, too, when he was basically, you know, basically Team Slovenia and people loved Team Slovenia and Andre Kopitar. But it also made me excited for the World Cup when that happens this year and other guys, since it's like a hodgepodge of European players that he'll be playing with, just the different guys who are like, oh, Andre Kopitar is dope. I'm so excited to be we playing We basically him. want him to play in every, like, World Cup situation, any, like, all-star situation, so that different players that don't usually play with him can see what he's really about. Pretty much. I want as many people to praise Andre Kopitar as possible. So, if anything, the random Team Europe thing is good for me for that. Because we should get a lot of quotes about, like, hey, this Kopitar guy, really awesome. Yeah. I've already sort of gotten one from Leon Dreisaitl, who plays for the Oilers. He's a really good young talent. Um, he was asked of the – because he's on Team Europe, who he's excited to play with or whatever who's not an Oiler, because I think there's someone else who's on that team. Um 
And his answer was Andre Kobachar, he is most excited to meet and play with because he sort of models his game after him. And I was like, my heart. <laughs> I was going to say that warms my heart so much. Because <laughs> yeah. not only like do you want to play with him, the fact that he said, I want to meet him. Like, yeah. he's, some, like he's like your idol. You know, like, I just want to meet him. <laughs> like, yeah. I just want to bask in his glory. I mean, same. <laughs> so I understand. So yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for more stuff like that. That little taste was amazing, but I need more of it. I love LeCavalier <laughs> being like, Andre Kovatar is amazing. I love that he's had a 70-point season. It's just hearts in my eyes for Andre. Everything about Andre Kovatar is beautiful. I love that uh, Gustel is in the finals at Bark Madness, oh, and yeah. that he was like on the ice Yeah, that was uh, during that last game, which was precious. Um, <laughs> so that was also excellent. I love that his bobblehead also has Gustel on it. Mm-hmm. I think Perfect. that's why he was there, right? Because it was bobblehead night, and it was like, yeah. also, he is here. That's amazing. I love how semi-randomly, in retrospect, King's fandom has embraced Andre Kobitar's dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's partially Kobitar's fault because he was posting endless Instagram photos <laughs> of Gusto, and they were adorable, but it's just kind of funny. Yeah, what did you really expect? If you put adorable dogs on Instagram, everyone's going to follow it. <laughs> yeah. I follow a lot of dogs on Instagram. I will tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, it's a good life choice. So, yep. so it's it's funny, but it's like not. I mean, I don't know. He he encouraged it to an extent, <laughs> and this is where we've ended up. But it's great. <laughs> I also love how with Bark Madness, like different players sort of getting in on the voting, like uh, Tanner Pearson and his girlfriend, all about <laughs> Bark. Oh, Madness. they are super into the fact that their dog is in the final. <laughs> It's really great. It's really cool. And I love how people just have, like, like Patrick O'Neill has no problem showing his bias being like, vote Gustel. Right. Like, right now. <laughs> he has no problem throwing that other dog under the bus, being like, forget that other dog, vote Gustel if you know what's good for you. And I'm like, all right, Patrick O'Neill. Yeah. Has like no it. problems taking sides there. It's a it's a fun aspect of, of King's fandom and that obviously the organization can also embrace to an extent and Fox Sports. Like, it's pretty cool. I like that it is happening. Um, I like that Goosel is so important to King's fandom. It's all good. And I'm glad that this is all coming um, on a season when, like, the Kings are winning because it would be really, yeah. like, a bummer to have all of this, like, madness and, like, partying when the Kings are, you know, losing and not doing well. So good job for the Kings for doing well so that we can truly celebrate Goosel and dogs. Right, yeah. It's definitely better when it's, like, and a cool add-on to a fun season rather than, like, the only thing to be happy about. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good job, everyone. But there is a little bit of bad news for Kings fans um, heading into the playoffs, and that is that Marion Gabrick, who is skating, I believe, but has no timetable for his return or whatever. So originally they were like, well, he has an injury – Hopefully he'll be back for the playoffs. It's looking like probably not, Um, which is unfortunate for Gabrick and unfortunate for the team because he adds a really important dynamic, I think, to their offense. But um, obviously the most important thing is for him to get better. But it's like, come on, Gabrick, who scored like crazy goals the last time they were in the playoffs. Yeah, it could definitely use his help. Um, The other thing that was interesting, and that I'm not sure I really agree with, is Daryl Sutter expressed that he would not really want to play Gabrick if he couldn't get into regular season games. It's an interesting quote. I will read it. He said, he told us to reporters, um, I guess at the LA Times, he says, there's no way a player, unless he can play regular season games, I have no interest in playing him in the playoffs. None. We did that before. If you look back, it's very difficult to put players in. Um, 
as you go into March, there's a whole other level of play. There's a whole next part, too, after that. So I'm like, I get it. There was, of course, that season where Matt Green was out, and then they, you know, tried to have him play in the postseason in 2013, I believe. And um, uh, Dowdy had the shoulder injury that kind of affected him at the end of the season. But it seemed like, actually, as the playoffs went on, he felt better, oddly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I get kind of where he's coming from, but it's also like when you have a person who is so talented at scoring as Marion Gabrick, I don't think it really makes sense to just have him sit on the sidelines if he's if he's healthy again. I feel like he is like a different breed of player. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were like an, another kind of lower tier player, then maybe, yeah, they would need those regular season games to kind of get back into the groove of things, get back into like the intensity of the game. But with Gabrick, I don't think he would have any problem getting thrown into the playoffs, and then immediately making an impact. Yeah, I think even if he does have a game or two of adjustment, I feel like that adjustment is not going to be a huge liability for the Kings um, because he's a fast player, he is, he's got great hands, so it's like a, slow, a slightly slower version of Marion Gabrick is probably still way better than some other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I thought that was an interesting quote. Hopefully that's not actually true. We will see if Marion Gabrick is healthy again at some point in the playoffs and the Kings are still in. Um, I hope he does get to play. But we will see what the coach decides. Yeah. I mean, I, I just keep thinking of all those great goals that he scored. I'm like, I know. Greatest hits of Gabrick right now is playing in my head, mostly like through the Duck series um, mm-hmm. from 2014. And I, I just can't imagine him not playing in the playoffs. Like, if, if he's well enough to play, like if he's not, if he's not better, then by all means keep him out. But if he's healthy enough, I think he should just go in. Yeah, me too. I think you should play him. I mean, I mean, the worst that you can do is see how he fits in, and if it looks like maybe he needs some more time to practice and get up to speed somehow, like, all right. But th- that's the other, the trade-off is, like, you can't really get up to game speed if you don't play in games. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? Just let him play. Um, another interesting tidbit. So that's, okay, that's kind of, it for Kings news like we're weak from the playoffs we just need them to win more and hit some goals uh, for the regular season so it's kind of which isn't asking much I like right now at this point I'm like win one goal right yeah to fully score one goal like that's that's all we need not a lot of not a lot to ask play games where you allow fewer than three goals please that's all we want please um yeah so so I think achievable things um but I found some interesting tidbits or read interesting tidbits about the organization outside of the NHL team. And one of them was ESPN did a short interview with Paul Bissonnette, who is, of course, playing with the Ontario Reign and has been for the past couple of seasons, I think, at this point. Um, And he talked about, like, obviously he's somebody who people got to know because of his social media presence, particularly on Twitter. And I guess he was asked about why he hasn't used Twitter as much. Like, he still uses Instagram, um... He's also actually done a really kind of funny and fun. I was gonna say, meet my teammates series. Yep, which is it's really great because it's like a close up awkward photo of his teammates. Yeah, from like you know a roster or something that he's taken, and then just like an elaborate story, um, (laughs) like fan fiction about them, and hashtag meet the rain. I'm like, why is this happening? Yeah, but it's it's pretty great. It's super. It's super fun and just a little bit of Paul Bissonnette creative writing every once in a while. And and it's it's like a safer like you know social media like style. You know he's right, not yeah. getting too out there, but he still has his, has a chance to kind of 
you know, show the world who he is. Right, exactly. Um, but he was asked basically why the change in the way that he approaches social media, and he tied it into the time that he spent not playing. So I'm going to read his quote because I think it also um, reveals something interesting about the Kings organization. Anyway, he says, when I got cut, that feeling of depression came back instantly because he would, just a side note, he had tried out, um, he had a PTO with the Blues, I think. Um, he bounced around a little bit, right? Okay, so anyway. When I got cut, that feeling of depression came back instantly. I felt I needed to act now. I think my agent called a few other teams and could have got a PTO somewhere else for more money. I just called Mike Fuda and handled it myself. At that point, another 10000 15000 meant nothing to me. I needed something now. Uh, Dean said, absolutely, just tell him to stay the fuck off Twitter. I said, <laughs> deal. So there is that. Um, and he said, basically, the organization is not big on it, which I feel like we kind of got a sense of judging even just by how much the players were tweeting like pre-2012 compared to how little they do it now. Um but there was a bit of a culture shift for the Kings in that way. But I find it interesting that somebody was legit like, no, they say don't do it. <laughs> Just don't tweet. I love that it's Dean Lombardi saying, don't you fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Do not tweet. Thank you. Uh, which is also great because the Kings players don't tweet, but the LA Kings Twitter is like world renowned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's bizarre. <laughs> um, right. And then like, you know. Other people that work for the organization can tweet all the time, but it's interesting that it's sort of a directive from management, or not even a directive, but like a strong recommendation. Yeah. From. A strong suggestion that they don't uh, tweet unless they're like absolutely sure it's like completely benign. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, like, hey, vote for me here, or like vote for my dog, or, you know, donate to so and so. Uh, there's not a lot of um, like tweets otherwise. Right. Which I think is. Fine. Like, as much as I love players showing their personality or whatever, I think especially an organization like the Kings now, and I don't know, I don't remember exactly when Bissonette signed, so I don't know if Slava Voinov had already been arrested or if, like, if that tied into it. But I think in general, with this organization and some of the stuff that they've had to deal with, it's probably a lot safer for them to be like, just don't say anything. Um, So I get it at the same time. But I think it is interesting that it was, like, something explicitly said to him. Yeah. Um, and I'm also glad that he, I thought it was interesting that he called up the Kings himself and was like, can I have a job, please? Thank you. That's for, and, and that he needed it so badly. Like, that's just an interesting look into, like, a hockey player. Like, we all talk about how, you know, when hockey players are hurt, they, they keep playing and, like, their complete need to just, like, want to play the game. And here's uh, Paul Bissonnette being like, I'm depressed. I, like, can't, I'm not going to hold up for more money. I just want to play the game I want to like keep doing this and then him just calling it up and be like give me whatever you can yeah exactly it's fascinating to me Mm -hmm. I think it's really and he sort of tied it into like in general he just feels like a more mature person so I feel like something like that ties into it where it's like oh I'm not just gonna be able to bounce around and not worry about it and be a fourth liner or whatever I you know the idea of like all right I need to help myself here basically it seems like what the point that he got to um in order to feel okay be okay so um good on him i like i in the past i haven't really been a huge paul bissonette fan i found his sort of persona a little much sometimes but i do think it's really cool that he was honest about battling with depression and um what made him reach out to the kings and whatnot and it seems like he's in a better place now so that's dope yeah he's he was super brash on twitter but in the same way he was also super open about the things that got him down 
and like the things that worried him. And I, I like that he's so open about it because once again, like the whole like mental health thing is still kind of a taboo to talk about, like in general, but also in sports. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's openly just like, Hey, you know, this is like a, this is how I'm feeling. This is a problem. Um, it's nice to have just like that open dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was a cool, I mean, I don't, it was kind of like a little random ESPN article, but I'm glad that they wrote it. I'm glad that he talked about it. It was, um, it was fascinating. So yeah. Other organizational things. So it seems like a year, a year and a half ago, the Kings had quite a bit of goaltending depth. And now they're all gone. <laughs> they <laughs> They've have all traded away. None. They have re-signed Peter Budai because they're like, we need someone, please. A, a literal body <laughs> yeah. just there. They had signed some around. other random person, but there might be some good news coming because apparently Yale goaltender Alex Lyon is looking to forego his senior year and sign with an NHL team. He is undrafted, and it looks like, or I heard, read, that a, a few teams, possibly like a dozen actually, um, presented some kind of package to him. But Elliot Friedman noted that Edmonton and L.A. at this point are a couple of the front runners, Which is a, two very different teams on opposite ends of the spectrum, depending yeah. on what you're trying to get out of your career. <laughs> right. And so, so part of me is like, I understand if you want to go to somewhere like Edmonton, the appeal is possibly, possibly that you have... You're much more likely to be a starter sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, so I get that. But let's be honest, who has the better goaltending development? And don't you just want to be on a winning team? Come on. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not not to knock Edmonton, but to totally knock Edmonton. They're not <laughs> a winning team right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to change anytime particularly soon. Yeah. Struggles for that team. Come to L.A. Also, his name is Alexander Augustus Lyon. That's beautiful. Come on. That's a beautiful name. You With that name, you have to be, you know, he'll start out in the AHL, obviously, like, be on the Ontario raid. Do it. And then yeah. come up to the Kings because, you know, they're always, they're always going through backups for Jonathan Quick. And then I feel like that seems to be a kind of, as long as Jonathan Quick is strong enough for this team, it seems to be a good pipeline that they've worked out where it's like, spend time in the AHL, be Jonathan Quick's backup, eventually get an opportunity to be a starter on another team. It's not yeah. a bad road. So hopefully the Kings um, land this kid to, to give you a little bit of idea of what kind of player he is. He is a finalist for the Mike Richter Award, in um, which is the award for NCAA Goalie of the Year. Um, and he has a 1.68 goals against average this season, which is first in the country, and a 9.36 save percentage, which is tied for second in 31 games played. So not bad. Not a bad ad for the Kings. Yeah, he should go through the Los Angeles Kings goalie training camp, which is apparently what it is, um, so that he can get his start elsewhere. Like, I feel like that's, like, if you want to play on the Kings, you kind of have to know that you're not going to stay there. Right, right. Uh, but you'll get a very good training behind, like, with the goaltending goaltending coaches and playing behind Jonathan Quick and then moving off to parts unknown. Right, exactly. It's not, it's not a bad route. So, like you said, L.A. and Edmonton are very different, and they seem to be, right now, the front runners. I think he has done a couple of summer training camps with other teams, but um, I don't know. They, they expect him to pick this week, so we'll see. He could sign with the Kings. I think it would be a good move, and it would be obviously strong for the organization to have a little more depth. Um, and I think it also just points to how 
it's been mentioned, but like with teams that are up against the cap, you know, have these huge salaries that they have to think about, like signing really strong young free agents um, is going to or could possibly become more common. Um, and so it would it's interesting to see even the Kings getting into that a little bit more. They have a lot of college players, but they tend to it seems like the bulk of what they draw up until maybe the last season or so has been guys from the OHL. Right. So, um, so more college guys and maybe more guys from overseas is seems to be what's happening with the NHL. If you're a, a top team who wants to stay good, yeah. And I'm glad that the Kings are hopping on that bandwagon. Yeah, don't miss out on it. It's yeah. pretty great. Um, a big story with that for another team actually was a story this week with um, the Nashville Predators losing Jimmy Vc. Um, and people being super up in arms about college players who who play to the point of being able to be a free agent early in their career and pick teams, um, not opting to sign with the team that drafted him. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, if you have a chance to go wherever you want, do it. Yeah. And if you're not completely happy where you are, then you go. Yeah. Yeah. That makes no I mean, I understand fans being like, you should stay with us. We, like, made you or whatever. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if they got the opportunity to go elsewhere let him go yeah yeah like i understand if fans of that fan base like if predators fans are like yeah. you know a little salty about it because everybody wants their city that they root for or whatever to be some place people want to stay exactly um, but everybody else outside of that fan base it's like please chill <laughs> let him just choose where he wants to go but he this is the third time in the last three seasons where there's been a bigger name where it's like, oh, this guy is going to choose where he wants to go. Last season it was, or last summer I should say, it was Mike Riley, um, who left, who was drafted by CBJ and then went to Minnesota. And then before that, there was the drama with Kevin Hayes, because Jimmy Hayes at the time was still in Chicago system. Kevin Hayes had been drafted by Chicago, or, or maybe he had already gone to Florida. But anyway, it was like drama because we were like, Kevin Hayes is mad about how they treated his brother, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then he ended up signing with New York. And I think it's cool both that... Um, I guess kind of hand-in-hand with bigger teams needing to sign those players, like more and more players who go to the NCAA realizing that they have that option, like, oh, I can get my education and then pick where I want to go. Like, that's pretty ideal for them. I think that's, like, the best way. I don't know. But then, again, I'm not some professional athlete. I'm like, yay, education. Like, everyone should go to college and then play. Get your degree. (laughs) Yeah. But if you're, like, Drew Dowdy or something like that, you know, being, like, the number – what people call, like, one of the best defensemen in the league. It's like, all right, I guess you're okay without just, like, playing in the NHL. Right, right, yeah. And, I mean, it's, of course, like, that's the interesting thing, too. I think about the NCAA loophole, as they call it, even though it's, I don't know, it was written into the CBA, um, is that it's a little different for Canadian players since it seems like most of them still obviously go to the OHL or or to or to the CHL, I should say, and... um play major junior where is like American players like going to the NCAA is a little more common um and I wonder if I wonder if that'll ever shift the way that the Canadian hockey leagues work um mm-hmm. or not because right now they don't have the same kind of freedom right I don't know we'll see about that one yeah like yeah like where does a top like and I wonder because like where does a top prospect like Connor McDavid go if he has a choice you know yeah that would be fascinating Anyway, That's super interesting. Go back in time, Connor McDavid, and go to a college in Boston like you were considering <laughs> for my entertainment. 
That is the college news about the Kings, (laughs) about other teams. Some other news, some just around the league really quick. Steven Stamkos was out of the last game that the Lightning played, and at first nobody knew what happened. And it was announced after the game that he has a blood clot in his arm and will have vascular surgery and will be out for one to three months. Which Which is is terrifying. Terrifying. (laughs) Horrifying news. Um, They expect him to make... A full recovery, and I guess the goaltender, their backup goaltender, Vasilevsky, had a similar problem this season, Um, but it's, that's, how scary. Yeah. (laughs) For both of them, really, Um, and and not what I was expecting to hear. No, not at all. I thought it was just going to be, like, a game out, or, like, basically resting him until the, you know. Yeah. Until later, but nope. Gosh. That sucks for him. Yeah. That really sucks. (laughs) Ugh. Um... Some people have speculated that it might change what happens with signing him or him leaving to sign with Toronto, but I don't think it would, personally. Yeah. A lot of people are up in arms being like, we might have seen the last game that Steven Stamkos plays with the Lightning and we didn't even realize. Yeah, that I mean, that would be kind of sad for Tampa Bay fans. Yeah. Um, not to be able to send him off. I mean, if they even give him a good, to. like a proper send off. Yeah, I mean, I guess because also like it's not like he's retiring. It's like give him a send off for being like, "Peace out, I'm done with you." <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of rough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but either way, I think if you're a Tampa Bay fan who's used to watching him, it would I would prefer to be like, "This could be the last time I see him play in this jersey." And now it's like, go watch the highlights from the last time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, feel feelings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sucks for the, it sucks for the Tampa Bay fans. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully he recovers fully and doesn't have... Because what I don't know, I, I don't know a lot about something like blood clots and whatnot, is if this is something that could become a recurring issue for him. And I hope not, because that's horrible. Yeah, it is. Speedy recovery for Steven Samkos. Um, a question mark then is... Now that they have some more room in the lineup, will they recall Jonathan Druin, who I believe has nine points in nine games played since returning to Syracuse? And um, that whole team right now is just a mess. <laughs> There's so it's much drama. A, just a damn mess. <laughs> Why the drama? Jonathan Druin's life, in particular, right now is is so messy. Like with the. I'm gonna and there were like the rumors that it was his parents who told him to come back home and not play and that's kind of a mess and then it was like he had he sat out a game because he didn't come to practice and people were like drama but he was like no I just overslept like this year has been just ridiculous for this kid <laughs> yes it really has I mean I I hope that he he seems like a really talented player so I hope that he is able to move on from this obviously and have a strong career but like. It's got to be weird to be him, to be like, this is way messier than I ever planned for. Him and everyone around him need to, like, get it together is basically (laughs) what's happening. Like, they need to figure themselves out (laughs) and then just, like, stop letting that affect, like, all of these tertiary things affect him and just let him play hockey, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, so um, Iserun was like, it's not ruled out. They could call him up, which would be an interesting way to end his season is, like, after... Being up and down, and then leaving, and then all the drama in the media to be like, all right, now I'm in the the playoffs, <laughs> the Stanley Cup hey guys, playoffs. <laughs> Remember me. <laughs> it's cool. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch. I hope they do call him up. I think it would be fun. And, and he, he's a good player, so he adds a, some good tools to the Lightning. 
yeah, it's it's not just for our own amusement. Um, it would also probably be beneficial to the lightning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another one last little bit of random news, just because I think it's cool when people hit milestones. Jamie Benn, who uh, won the Art Ross last season, scored 40 goals. Luckily, it was not against the Kings that he scored his 40th goal. Yep. Um, he scored his 41st against the Kings. But anyway... 40 goals for the first time in his career, and he is now second in the league in both goals behind Alex Ovechkin and points behind that dude from Chicago. So, interesting for Jamie Benn. Good showing after winning the Art Ross. Good for him. Um, so that's all I got about the NHL. Do you have um, other things? Uh, it's kind of old news right now, but I want to personally say congratulations to the Santa Barbara Royals, who Ooh. won the LA Kings like high school championship oh, the right. first the first time um with like MVP Jack Johnson geez. <laughs> um can't believe I'm saying that but it's cool cuz I caught a couple of their games down in Galita where they play um and that was awesome nice so good for them who could have foreseen Jack Johnson being the key <laughs> Jack Johnson will never leave Jack Johnson <laughs> is always lingering around <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's dope. Um, I, I didn't go see any of the high school games. I should check that out next season since it's like, you know, something that is ongoing, obviously. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's kind of hilarious to, I mean, I grew up in Southern California, so there wasn't, like, there's a lot of crazy, like, soccer moms and stuff like that. Right. But I got a nice look into, like, the hockey parent oh. um, type of thing. And there's a lot of yelling, and there's a lot of, like, real aggressive parents. It was kind of fantastic. Oh, man. Um, oh, I just did think of one last, speaking of Southern California hockey players. One, two things. One quick thing about the college thing. Another Mike Richter Award finalist is Thatcher Demko, who is a junior at Boston College, which I only mentioned because he is a Canucks prospect, but he grew up a Kings fan in San Diego. Yep. So that's really dope. Good job. Um, Thatcher Demko, who loves Jonathan Quick. It's nice. Um, and then we, also... We are fans of anyone who grew up Kings fans. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Or who played for, like, the Junior Kings, For the Junior Kings. is what I'm also thinking about. Bo Bennett has yep. had another injury-riddled season. And apparently oh. after... Or when he in, got injured most recently, um, what I have heard is that he told the team that he had to take some time away. And think about whether or not he wanted to retire. How sad is Aww, that? That's super sad. Especially because he looks like a like an overgrown puppy a little bit. So yeah. the fact that he's like so injured and like being like, ugh, should I just not play anymore? Is a real bummer to me. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, and luckily he he did come back. And I mean, hopefully his luck turns around. The dude gets injured a lot, and it. It All the time, clearly is is weighing on him. But I'm glad he, yeah. he went back. And... Um, can I just say that uh, Bo Bennett's like Wikipedia article mm -hmm. has his name as Bo Daniel Sunshine Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> like that's officially in his <laughs> Wikipedia article, which I know that that's what people call him in the league, <laughs> yeah. or at least on the Penguins and stuff. But didn't think that it would make it into his. <laughs> Wikipedia article. Who did that? I don't Amazing. know. And no one has changed it. Like, you know, people are constantly looking at changes to Wikipedia being like, that's not right. Let's change that. <laughs> Someone saw that and was like, yep, accurate, and just left it there. <laughs> Seems true. So, amazing. So now, I mean, 
if it's on Wikipedia, it's real. His name is officially <laughs> Bo Daniel Sunshine Bennett. <laughs> that's super great. So good. So good. <laughs> um, all right. So I think that's all that we have. Um, and 100th episode. Hopefully we're not sick for 101. And hopefully the Kings will have, you know, broken a record or something. A couple Kings will have reached, you know, milestones. Please. And then we'll get right into the nitty gritty of Woo! the playoffs, which yeah. we will be recording after every game. Yeah, we're going to try that again and see how far we get. The last time we did it, of course, we had way more work than we thought. <laughs> we were well, because the Kings had to uh, decide to make it like the longest Stanley Cup run <laughs> in the history of the NHL. So oh, we had to slog through that with them. Um, <laughs> hopefully it's a little quicker this year. Hopefully if, you know, they, they stay in it. We want them to stay in it, but hopefully it's a little yes. more like 2012 where they just like yeah. kill everybody in like five games <laughs> and it's yeah, wonderful that's, that sounds good <laughs> all right seven everybody. games for the first three series like come on yeah, please just asking for it please don't <laughs> um all right everybody take care of yourselves be good to each other you know where to find us twitter facebook thanks bud email us chirp at thanks bud um and we will talk to you next time goodbye friends bye everyone <laughs>